Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. I just looked at my little nameplate here and I pulled it over. I'm your Heel Squad Fearless Leader, everyone. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to keep it right there. Um, Hello to our Heel Squad and everyone who is joining us. If you are just joining us on YouTube for the moment, I hope you will enjoy and click subscribe and turn on those notifications so you can be with us every single day. We're a lot of fun here. A lot of fun. ask the Heel Squad. Um, (laughs) And we try to get better every day in all areas. And today, holy shit, are we going to get better? Holy freaking shit. Okay. Dr. Shafali. Here she is. Radical Awakening is her book. Turn your pain into power, embrace your truth, and live free. (sighs) Guys, she talks in this book about breaking free of expectations, societal boundaries, and many other things that are holding specifically women back in our lives. And we're going to dive in and figure out how how to live free and how to live for ourselves and no one else. Um, I am so excited about this interview. This book is so jam-packed with incredible information. A lot of stuff that we talk about, a lot of themes we talk about, whether it's kind of like victimhood and childhood traumas and kind of how to find yourself and your purpose and so much more. Um, but she talks about soul erosion. Oh, wait till we get into soul erosion. Wait till we get into, um, you know, the patriarchy, the toxic patriarchy, which, you know, I kind of didn't even know what that was. And I've been hearing a lot of like young kids being like the patriarchy. And I'm like, oh God, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause you know what? You don't know. Oh, totally. You're like, oh, kids holding oh, on kids. to their like little thing that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, you know, but anyway, it turns out those kids actually might know something. <laughs> They're on to something. <laughs> no, you're right though. I, that's how I felt reading this. I was like, I had to take it so slow it's like every line there was something in every single line i was like wait what just happened wait yeah. what'd she say yeah it's a lot i'm excited yeah i mean man guys i'll read you just like the poem in the beginning that's just so powerful 
So I'll give you the, the truth. So I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to read this to everybody. This is so powerful. This is so amazing. And then as I'm clicking through all the guest research, you know, Kelsey had, there was like a video of her speaking at Mind Valley, an interview with Oprah. Yes, she is Oprah anointed. Uh, Freaking Oprah. God bless that woman. She was so far ahead doing all of this so many years ago. Oh, she really like paved the path. Anyhow, um, I saw a clip and it was like, watch this. And it was Alicia Keys being so moved by this that she had to do it to her Instagram followers. So here I am to you, Heel Squad. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she discards her old ways like tossed shoes in the garbage, when she shreds her lists of shoulds and obligations, and when impossible expectations are burned in an incinerator. There comes a time in the life of a woman when the approval of others once jewels now turn to pennies in her sock, when the hunt for another is now replaced by a hunt for herself, and when parental tentacles of traditions no longer define her truth. There comes a time in the life of a woman when her desire to fit in with the crowd dissolves, when her manic compulsion to be perfect vaporizes, and when her obsession to be voted popular eviscerates. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she simply says no more. When facade, artifice, and guile leave her nauseated. Hope I said those words right. (laughs) And when righteousness, dogma, and superiority repulse her. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she no longer fears conflict, but faces it boldly like a lioness. When she guards her authenticity as fearlessly as she guards her babies. And when she drops the role of savior, knowing she can only save herself. Pretend I read that three times. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she no longer cowers in the shadow of her unworthiness, when she no longer plays small so others can feel big, and when she feels and when she swaps the role of victim for the role of co-creator. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she unabashedly and boldly occupies her ultimate sovereignty, when she finally feels ready to claim her space in the world, and when she redefines compassion as unequivocal self-love. There comes a time in the life of a woman when she finally releases her childlike dependencies on others, when she dares to rewrite a new mandate of living for herself, one that says... I release unworthiness and fear. I divorce ser- servility and passivity. I divest in authenticity. <laughs> I divest in authenticity and enmeshment. I end the pretense of being someone I am not. And from now on, I declare, I will ascend into my highest power. I will embrace my greatest autonomy. I will celebrate my deepest worth. I will embody my fierce courage and manifest the most authentic me. The time is now. I am ready to awaken in my renaissance. That is Dr. Shafali. I read that like three times and sent it to about 14 of my friends. <laughs> when she drops the role of savior, knowing she can only save herself, when she guards her authenticity as fearlessly as she guards her babies. I liked the swapping victim for co-creator. Yeah. When she no longer fears conflict, but faces it boldly like a lioness. That's where she talks about boundaries and how terrified we are to set boundaries because it creates conflict. We're going to learn all about that today. Guys, it is so good. Um, Let me see in here what I want to pull out for you right now outside of that. Um. She talks about kind of the role of the ego and um, she talks about the different um, parts of the ego, like the savior. Um, oh, so conditioned are we to be afraid. We wear fear like a second skin. So true. What will people say? Who will I be without external approval? Ooh. 
will speaking up affect me financially? <laughs> oh, that was my friggin' line of all life. Mm-hmm. Will my children be okay? Will I face emotional or physical harm? These are the fears that we have if we speak up. As long as fear eclipses the language of our soul, we can... When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Continue to be puppets to external forces. I sent Kevin a couple of videos. I sent him a clip. <laughs> he is like, please, I need her now. Right. Right. Because when you start to read about the savior and all of the different kind of categories you can fall into, um, you start to see where it comes from. Like she talks about how um, it's connected to our childhood, to the way parents have been conditioned to parent. It's not the individual parent's fault necessarily. It's just kind of how we're taught. And and just like all the different roles that we play in this world are just taught. You know, we're taught we're supposed to eat three meals a day. Who said that? She's like, uh, capitalism? Uh, you know, like she ties a lot of things back to capitalism, which is really interesting. But I kind of want to know, one of the things I really want to kind of challenge her on is how we how do we set boundaries? Um, no, that's a different one, actually. What I want to really know is, um, is how do we allow ourselves to be free when the whole point of kind of society is to create um, like order, right? Like religion kind of is helping keep order, like right, keeps us being right. good people so that we go to heaven and all of that, right? Um now I know there's more to it. Obviously, I'm a religious person too. But you know, there there's the notion of all of these things are created to keep us in line. If we all are our free, most authentic selves, there's no boundaries to you anymore. Which means there's no order. <laughs> so how do we do that, right? Like if you as a parent don't create order in the house, don't have rules your kids are going to run amok. So, and, and there was an example she wrote about in there where the kids were running amok because the mom was just giving them everything because she felt guilty that the husband abandoned them. And so she was just trying to please the kids and they were going crazy because they just looked at the mom as just like a servant that was there to just please them and, you know, handle their requests. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's, I was, it's actually funny that you brought that up because I was going to say, it's so interesting how she weaves in, um, some of her own patients and some of her own like stories that she's dealt with because there was even, there was one at the beginning that made me think of what you were talking about earlier. Oh, it was, it was the woman who um, was parenting her son, like her dad parented her. And she was like, it's just crazy. Like it's like all this stuff are conditioned, but yeah, I mean the it's, it's hard with the control and like the boundaries and all this stuff, because like you said, we need, you need structure, but it's like, how do you create that like healthy structure? Yeah, well, I'm going to ask her for everybody. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of questions in this interview, and there's a lot to break down. It's a very kind of like very intense kind of uh, flipping of everything on its ass, right? 
Like we're all taught all these things and she's just like, whoop, let me flip it upside down. (laughs) She's like, oh, you thought that? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. And Oprah had a really crazy moment with her in the clip that you sent me Mm -hmm. where Oprah was like, I was pushing one of my girls to go to this school. And then the girl like woke up one day and was like, I'm miserable. I don't like it. And she's like, oh my God, I projected on you. My childhood wishes to have gone to that school and I couldn't. And now I realize that I can open the door, but you have to walk through. It's up to you. You choose. Like you have, like who's to say that you're better because you're an engineer from MIT and you're making a million dollars a year than, you know, my plumber who is saving people from home disasters every day and maybe making a fraction of that. Who's to say who's better? And why is there such importance placed on on people having to be something period right so true rather than just being who you are yeah i mean i just see kevin like kevin was forced out of who he was and has had such conflict in his life emotionally because he wasn't allowed to be himself right i was actually allowed to be more of myself in a weird way even though, um, I, cause I really like forced, pushed, kicked, screamed and got out somehow. Like I, I knew I had to play by the rules for a little while and I was like, okay, I'm biding my time <laughs> at some point I'm getting out and I'm going to go be me. But even me, I didn't still get to be fully me because the programming still had a hold on me to the point where that was literally what I said when I got my brain tumor. I was like, I'm dying to be me. Yep. So I'm really excited about this conversation. So maybe we should just get to it. it. All right. So Dr. Shafali received her doctorate in clinical psychology from Columbia University, specializing in Western psychology and Eastern philosophy. She brings together the best of both worlds for her clients. She's an expert in family dynamics and personal development, teaching courses around the globe. She is a three-time New York Times bestselling author, and she's here to die here today to help us find our radical awakening. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content. And a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community? Or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. So um, let's jump right into this. I think, you know, the book is so full and there's so much and I'm like rereading and rereading and rereading. But for the benefit of everyone who hasn't read A Radical Awakening yet, the great part is, is that you use your journey in here and you are vulnerable and you share everything, which helps us, the reader kind of feel safer and also see ourselves in you or some of the cases that you bring up in here. So can you walk us through your journey and your awakening? And then we'll get to all the meat and potatoes of this. So, uh, you know, we can have many awakenings. So this was my second, uh, second one. Uh, but I believe I'll have more if I'm going to grow and evolve. So this awakening uh, is a unique one, uh, but quite general to many women. Unique for me uh, because it uh, really uh, took me to the depths of my confrontation with how I had been conditioned and how I had been playing roles. Uh, But general to most women, it was in my mid-40s, my daughter uh, blossoms into a teenager. Typical uh, at this stage is the epiphanic question that we get confronted with, 
who the F am I? You know, so I was quite generic. And I, again, although I had a big radical awakening when I came to America in my early 20s, this time to be devoid of the identification as mother is a whopper. And you have to go through this reintegration, reorientation. And in that, um, you know, you could burn the house down or you could keep living in it. So in my case, the house burned down. And I really realized that the roles I had been playing could no longer sustain me. And either my marriage was going to evolve or it needed to be burnt to the ground and started in a new way, different way. And because the latter happened with me, I was then confronted with even more of, wow, how does society condition us as women around love, around marriage, around sexuality, around divorce? So I went even deeper and then I realized, hey, this has got to be a book. And that's why we have the book A Radical Awakening now. So your first big kind of awakening, you were studying for your PhD, you were a mom and you got into this car accident and that was like your first awakening. This one is interesting because it's kind of a loss of identity, right? Yes. So my, no, my first, first one was when I was 21, when I came from India to America, but we don't have to get into that, but you're right. This awakening began with uh, the car going down, uh, almost down the ditch. Falling asleep at the wheel because you were burning the candle at both ends. Right. And that's what happens, right? We're not paying attention and life will wake us up, right? An accident, health, uh, a dysfunctional relationship, And these moments are a choice point. We can either go, what is my life reflecting back to me about my lack of awareness, about my slumber, Mm. or we can choose to ignore it, but the next one will come. So I did not ignore it because I saw I had co-created this accident, a near-death experience, and I thought I was all spiritual and aligned and studying psychology, but obviously I was not paying attention to a big part of my life that now has come to the front. So if we can look at life as a dialogue and as a reflection of something misaligned or aligned, then we're always allowing our external life to steer us and move us and direct us. So we're in constant conversation. Sometimes that conversation is treacherous. It can take us to scary places. So mine took me to a scary place of I don't know who I am anymore. I got lost in motherhood and wifehood and studying for my clinical psychology PhD. And I just gave up myself. Although I thought I was holding on to something, I realized that that is not who I need to be anymore. I've I've kind of done that. And now what, right? So then we're confronted with the, okay, then who am I without these roles? And that now what is really scary. So I learned to, change that to what is in my now, instead of saying now what, which creates anxiety, future-based thinking. I shifted it to what is in my now and am I daring to confront the now? And, And this is the thing with evolution, the now. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do, snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. We'll keep changing. It's transient. Life is not absolute. It's shifting every bloody moment. So can we be in that dialogue with it? And it's so scary. But if we master the art 
of evolving with our age and moment by moment, the new chapters come and new iterations of self blossom. And so I dared to ask, what is in my now? What is in my now? And the now was really scary. It was saying, let go of those roles. They can't serve you anymore. You have grown greater than them or more than them. And you need to evolve with new identities or new ways of being. But it's really hard to let go the old. You know, we had children there or had romances there and birthday parties there and wedding cakes there and how to let go. But this is the challenge. Do we want to grow or do we want to stay attached to the old? But that's where I'm confused. So I'm confused in two places. One, you felt like you were aligned. And I understand how we can kind of compartmentalize too as women pretty easily. So you were aligned with what you were kind of going after, but you were forgetting that you weren't taking care of yourself. I can kind of see that, right? But then when you say you have to shed these roles, you were still going to be a mom. So how do you shed the role of mom? And then also how do you shed the role of psychologist when that's your profession? Like how do you, what did you do differently after that? Or how did you kind of rename or reorganize all of that? Right. So I'm going to just give a generic answer so it applies to everybody and so they can see themselves in it while I talk about myself. So in childhood, we're given this invisible prescription list, right? It's in the crib, okay, under the mobile and the music. It's right there. And the prescription list is your list of expectations from your family, of origin, your culture. And you beat, you march to the beat of that drum thinking you have free will, you know? So the religion, the God, the education, how to be skinny, how to be pretty, how to be nice, all of it is in the atmosphere, in the nursery. By the age of seven, we toast, you know, we know what is expected of us. So similarly, most of us women go through that checklist and, you know, getting married and then becoming a mother is kind of some automatic robotic thing we feel is our identity. On one part, it's biological to want to caretake. But on another part, it becomes your bloody identity. That is the problem. Your sense of worth. So I did that diligently, you know, successful PhD, uh, clinical psychologist, successful mother, successful wife. But as I began to spiritually grow and evolve in my own authenticity, I realized my worth is not coming from there. That is a false sense of worth that is actually tethering me to unworthiness. My worth does not depend on my child. And I happened to raise a child who refused to comply with my expectations and fantasies. So I was like, what's the point of this? <laughs> you know, this bloody <laughs> child is not even listening to me. I'm getting nothing out of this deal. So, you know, I'm teasing, but uh, that's what I teach, that you don't, uh, you don't make your child a mini you. So I did that very successfully. So I was like, what's the point of this? And then what's the point of that? And then when you begin to ask these deeper questions, you realize you have affixed to these roles as your identity. So what changed for me is not that I'm still not a mom or whether I'm a wife or not is irre irrelevant at the end of the day. It's how much does this define my worth? And for us women, how we look, how we wife or partner, how we mother is the be all of our identity. And this is where we get enmeshed and we suffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are, you, are you resonating with some of this? I'm, I'm resonating with everything you've written, everything you say, uh, because I, I see, like I've had my own awakening and my own kind of rock bottom. And I also wanted to ask, do you feel like there's a way for people to get this without their rock bottom? Uh. <laughs> it's my like eternal question. I'm like, can I share the epiphanies I've had with others or do they just have to fall that deep to really get there? I think Amazing I know the answer, question. but... Amazing question. I'm a psychologist, you know, my whole life is waiting for people to get it. So the answer is yes and no, right? So sometimes if people are ready to receive, it happens to be aligned with where they are. But sadly, our greatest default is to only grow through pain. Mm. 
we have to be pinched hard enough, shred, you know, strongly enough, burnt to the cinders before we wake up. Why? Because we are attached to those identities. You know, the reason we don't evolve out of uh, clarity or out of joy or, or moving happiness is because we get so stuck in that identity. I need to be a mother or I am a mother. I need to be the perfect, you know, skinny girl or I need to look this way or so those identities keep us so seduced, thinking that that is who we are, um, that only real pain, you know, getting fired from the job, can't have the child. The child's a bloody, you know, handful. It makes you wonder why you had the child. The mother dies. Then, you know, we're like, hmm, am I really that? And then you get in touch with the gnawing emptiness and that freaks people out because now they have to confront that they have not filled their soul and essence till now. But this is where the exciting journey begins because now you begin to discover who it is you really are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've definitely gotten to the point where I understand when pain is present that something good is on the other side. Like the pot of gold is over there. Like there's, there is a rainbow coming, but it, so I'm, I'm, I'm always still in the pain, but I know there's a purpose to it. And there's like another growth level to go to. Um, and, and I think that I resonate so highly with everything that you've said, because having gone through it, I looked around for a really long time and was very lonely because I felt like I knew stuff that nobody else understood. And it took me a while, like through doing this show to have people on that, understood what I was feeling and saying and kind of creating a new squad of, of friends and new people who knew that all of this was stupid and didn't fucking matter. Cause that's what I kept thinking after brain surgery. I'm like, Oh my God, Holy shit. It's all a lie. This is all nonsense. And, and Oh my God, I was, I, I wore workaholic as like a badge of honor. I thought, you know, I realized that I, I was going so against my own nature um, because I got caught up in this like cycle here in, in this business where I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Oh, if they can work a thousand hours, I can work a thousand hours. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. Because I was so competitive in that way of like anything someone else can do, I know I can do too. And I nearly killed myself. And then I realized, wait, but for those people, and I remember distinctly in my hospital bed thinking, that's their identity. This is what means something to them. I don't give two shits about any of this. I'm in it because it's fun and it's exciting. And I, and it was like a goal. I wanted to know that I could do something impossible. I want, you know, my parents were janitors from, you know, immigrants who came to this country and they were janitors. Like I have only one place to look and that's up. So let's think of the craziest, most amazing things I can do, but they don't define me in my heart or my soul. Like so I've, I've had my own awakenings and my mom just died. I'm having even more and I'm going through more and I'm going deeper into kind of the childhood traumas and how they've affected me and the patterns that they've created and the beliefs and all of that. So we talk about this every single day here. I mean, that's kind of um, like a, a through line here. So I want to know, how do we find our authentic selves when from you said birth to seven, it's a wrap. Like that's when we've been shut out of who we are truly because our parents, unfortunately, God bless them. We love them are also conditioned and trained to think that this is how you parent. Right. And there was an example in the book about one of your clients who, whose kids, she felt guilty. The husband left her and abandoned the family, and she was doing so much to help the kids. And the kids just looked at her like a servant who was there to just fulfill every wish, and they were running amok. And so one of the other things that I was thinking about, and now I'm going into a whole other section, forgive me, um, was how do we get to be our authentic selves if our authentic selves is really going to create no fucking boundaries, there's going to be no order. Like that's why we have all the things we have in places so that we can have order, right? Religion in a sense, in some ways. 
I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Was also a way to have order um so if there's no order what will happen yes that is the fear exactly so several questions there so (laughs) authentic self is waiting right beneath the bullshit that culture places on us okay it's right there it's it's waiting to be listened to so it's never something we have to go to the himalayas to find what we have to do is unravel the the BS we've believed to be who it is we are. And once we go through this process, we can quickly go, that's false, that's coming out of fear, that's coming out of scarcity. I went through an exercise in my life in my mid-40s where I said, let me take this next week to examine how much truth I speak and how much role I speak. Ooh. Am I coming from lack or authenticity? Literally, I couldn't even talk much because everything that was going to come out was from the role, was from the lack. Can you explain that what? specifically so we can understand the vo- the difference in the voices? Sure. So I began to check in. I gave myself the goal that if it's not coming from something that feels real to me, And I don't even know what that really is right now because I'm discovering my voice again. I will not speak. So if it's coming from fear, like what will happen if I don't say this this way, then I will not speak because it's coming from something I've not yet understood. It's coming from fear. And I tried it with my then husband and child. (laughs) I literally was not able to speak because everything was out of let me just say it because she'll be happy or let me just say it because then he'll be less nervous and let me just take care of them and let me just do this. And so I realized how much I had based my uh, sense of being and uh, worth on this robotic caregiving, taking care of everybody else's feelings, pleasing everybody so that I could be the good one. Because I had, and most women are conditioned this way. We are more married now in our mid forties and later to the idea and image of the good one. than we really are good, you know, and we will forsake authenticity for that image of the good one. The divorce I did was not against any human being for ex-husband of mine, hardly was to him. I divorced my own deep rooted marriage to this idea of the good one. And I was so caught up in being seen in this way that that's the divorce I had to create. Now, when I created the divorce, it so happened that the whole marriage tumbled because my husband, my then husband was like, no, I like that one. I don't like this one so much. And I'm like, okay, now there's another choice. Okay. Because a part of me was like, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry. That was just like some crazy moment. I'll go back to that. There's a price to pay because now we've uh, trained everybody to like and adore that role. They love it. Yes. So so now what? Right. And then you're, you're faced with another choice point and another choice point. So asking that question, am I as authentic as I can be or am I coming from lack and fear and at least begin to differentiate between the two voices is so powerful to see your inner tape. And then your next question is, well, then without all the, all the rules, then what, right? So these rules are created by institutions, education, religion, parenting. These are institutions that without our realizing has 
created order, but how has it created order? Created order by making us sheep ruled by fear. You know, if you're not good, you're not going to heaven. Oh, God can see everything that's going on in your little nasty head. And you're always living in fear, you know, oh shit. So same with education, right? If you are not going to get an A grade, you know, the finger is freaking pointing at you from child from childhood, right? And the kid is like, why the hell am I here? And the parents are like, no, 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 don't worry. If you just follow these 1,200 things every day, you will be happy like me. And the kid is like, you don't look happy, mom. And you're like, Shh, don't be a disobedient kid. How dare you, right? The kids are like, what the hell is this life? Everything is like fear-based. So yes, there is order, but order coming from what? From control and fear. So the question is, what will we be without that? Well, of course, you know, then we get more afraid because it seems like the alternative to losing this is utter mayhem, anarchy, chaos, drugs, and orgies, right? That's the vision. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> Right. If I was, if I didn't take the marital vow, I'd be sleeping with my best friend's husband. Oh, really? Oops. Right. So, but this is it, my love. It's not that we go from this to this. What's in between is a rising of consciousness. We're forgetting that the process involves conscious awareness. Now in conscious awareness, you begin to align with others like you are, and you begin to align with powerful uh, ideas and uh, thoughts of togetherness, oneness, interdependence. You don't want to go have drugs and an orgy necessarily. You want to go for a walk and smell the the ocean. You know, you are in a different state of being. So people forget that, and that's how they control us more. Well, if you don't do this, then you'll be going to hell, right? No, if you don't do this, there's a whole other way to be. But we don't get to explore that because there's more fear, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, one of the things that, um, you know, when I was having my my awakening and I was just kind of like, I need to just be for a little while. I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready. I have so many things to heal from. And I, this, at the same time, my mom was really sick with brain cancer and we both had had these tumors. And I was... I was trying to kind of redefine success and redefine what I wanted to be and how I wanted this all to look. And my husband kept saying to me, he goes, Maria, you can't forget that the reason you're able to take care of your mom the way you are is because you did do all these things and you did work hard and you do have access that other people don't necessarily. And so then that made me fear losing my connection to the old world because I was like, oh, well, if, I, if I'm if i not in the old world, then I won't be able to take care of the people that I love. And that has been something that slowly has been sneaking up again. And I'm like, oh, but this is exactly what I didn't want. And I'm, I'm, I'm sneakily going kind of slowly back, which I worked really hard for four years to like hold my like position. This is the new me. Um, and And so it's kind of interesting how fear can just just dictates so much. Um, right. that, that voice is the voice of the ego that I call the ego. That is the pattern voice, the robotic voice that goes, Oh, what do you, what are you doing here? You know, maybe you should go back. It's better if you go back. And it's a little, you know, hiss of the snake that if we're not aware, will totally rope us back because the goal of that ego is to maintain stability within your psychic system the ego's job is to keep it status quo because the ego is like this girl doesn't know how to be a woman yet let me handle things as i've always done but as we evolve we can talk back to that voice and go ah you're really smart you're really making me afraid and making me go backwards you can go rest and I'm going to now take charge. And so for, in your case, some your new voice would say something like, you can still have access to all those people. You just do it through building different relationships. You don't have to go back and work your ass off to the grind again, where you get another tumor. You see, the ego is trying to take you back to mm -hmm. that old pattern of scarcity. Yeah. So you, you can tell the ego, thank you so much. I, I know you just want me to be the same. But I know I can still have that access. I'll just do it through 
relationship building, not through work and, and strife and grind and grime. I'll do it through love and connection, right? There's another way to do it. But the ego is going to pull us back to that old robotic pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I want you to talk about um, soul erosion. I loved this. Oh, Kelsey's smiling so big in the booth I'm right like, now. She's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, soul, just the word for, you know, that which is beyond what we see, right? The form beyond our name, beyond our looks, beyond our wealth, our cars, our zip code, that part of us that is connected to something bigger than what we can see. And that part, because this world that we live in, this material world of form that we live in is so obsessed with the tangibles of life. How much money do you have? How many children do you have? How many cars do you have? As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. That we erode away piece by piece from that deep connection to this, this, this that lies beyond the eyes and the senses. Children come into the world very connected, right? People say connected to source. But what that means for me is that they're not yet identified with the world of form. You could literally take a six-month-old from a Muslim house to the Jewish house. The kid won't protest. They're like, okay, because they don't understand what these things mean. They're not identified. Now, some will say, well, it's because their cerebral cortex is not even developed like us. Well, what's the point of the cerebral cortex, (laughs) ours, our adult cerebral cortex, when we live in violence and wage wars in the name of God and we're racist as can be and we're tethered to our jobs, right? We're not better for having this brain if and unless the brain can take us to wisdom, to consciousness, to understanding, wow, this brain has these traps of this material world. So our soul gets eroded over time to the point where we're blindly abducted from any sense of who it is we are beyond how we've been defined, how our parents see us, the opinions others have of us. And I meet women in my practice who literally in their 50s, they have huge bank accounts, they have successful businesses or marriages or partners And they're like, I don't know who the F I am anymore. I'm defined by these others in my life. It's a plague. And it's not something we should judge ourselves by. It's just a fact that we grew up in this highly conditioned world. So to to reclaim the soul, to have a renaissance of the soul, means now to go backwards. So we have to unlayer all these layers. So we have to unfold, unlayer, untether all that's been put on us. And when we begin to let go, you know, I have this favorite exercise that I do in my own life, which is a rebellious voice in me that says to every thought that seems seductive, that says, who said, you know, I have a video on Instagram, it gets so many views every time I post it. It's just saying, who said, right, just to step back and to just allow a moment of pause to ask, but who said? Who said? And you will see that most of your thoughts come from your mom and your dad who were not so conscious themselves. And you're like, damn, do I have an original thought? You'll see you don't because we are so deeply, you know, maneuvered, manipulated, exploited at a young age. So now by saying, by asking who said and willing to shake that, let it go, 
Can I let this belief go? Can I let that belief go? You begin to free yourself and return to the reclamation of who you once were and your authentic self. Is it best to do that with a therapist? It's advisable to yeah. do it. With, with <laughs> it sounds like it. Can, who can hold your hand. Yeah. You know, what we're talking about here, Maria, yes, the jolt of awakening happens through the pain portal. That you can't have a therapist by your side. You just don't know when you're going to have the brain tumor or the accident. Okay. But we need to know when that epiphany happens that, oh my goodness, my life has shattered. Enlist the help of, a you know, in the old days, it was a trusted elder. Now we have to pay some money, but find a course. You know, I have free stuff online. People have free stuff. Find that trusted person, that voice to guide you through this darkness, because I know I've guided thousands through the dark tunnel and there are steps that you go through you know you go from unconscious unconsciousness where you don't even know you're unconscious to now conscious unconsciousness which is torture torture because you're like eating the cookies going I, I shouldn't be eating these cookies but you can't stop when the alcoholic realizes they're an alcoholic is torture you know now you're like holy cow I've been living a total wreckage of a life but you have to go through conscious unconsciousness, which is the transition phase between the old and the new before you become consciously more conscious, right? So there's stages and people like me who do this work can usher you through that tunnel. So don't feel ashamed to hire someone, spend your life's earning. It's the greatest journey of your life. It will take you to new thresholds of who you can be. Agreed as I continue to do the work every week um, and continue to find things every, every time. <sighs> All right, Kels. Wow. Lot. Wowie, wow, wow. Yeah. Wow. I think um, I'm going to reserve our comments till after part two. I know. I was going to say the same thing. Let's do it. All right, guys. <laughs> you know the drill. Be nice people, make good choices and be present and get ready for part two. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends. But as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much. And we love doing this thing called life with you.